Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Josh Centers, the managing editor of Tidbits. We'll also hear from Peter Cohen, who has done everything in the Apple universe, currently working for iMore. All this and more for our first episode of 2015 on the Tech Night Out Live. First, let me remind everyone that we have a new feature of the Tech Night Out Live called Tech Night Owl Plus. Tech Night Owl Plus means that if you subscribe, we'll give you an ad-free version of the show in a higher resolution audio copy. So it sounds better. So when we get some of those marginal connections with some of our guests where they're using a speaker phone or a bad cell phone, certainly not an iPhone, we get you somewhat better quality and it'll be easier to understand. But we never have a problem understanding Josh Centers. He'll be joining us in a moment. We also want to tell you that if you want to get that subscription version of the Tech Night Out Live, go to plus.technightout.com, P-L-U-S.technightout.com. Josh Centers, welcome to the show. I hope you're 2014 was great and 2015 will be even better. So let's move into what's been going on here. Apple had, I guess, a pretty up year for 2014 with a few rocky moments. What's your take? Yeah, uh, well, 2014 was a pretty rough year in general. I think a lot of people became disillusioned with Apple this year for, for two reasons. The first is software quality. Things like iOS 8 and Yosemite were apparently just rushed out the door and a lot of complaints coming out of those two operating systems. And also, once again, we're seeing wildly inconsistent app store policies. And it'll be interesting as the Apple Watch comes out 2015, how that's going to affect uh, development on that, because uh, developers don't seem too stoked to uh, do new stuff for Apple right now. Well, here's the thing I want to ask you, this new programming language that Apple came out with called Swift. How's the reaction been? Ah, you know, hard to say. I mean, I've seen a few developers who've uh, tried to do things with it or have recoded their apps in it, but uh, I think most people are sticking with what they know, which is Objective-C, which uh, what's been used since the next days to uh, code things for first uh, Next Step and then OS X and now iOS, and uh, most seem to be sticking with that and maybe just playing with Swift here and there. So this is a like a long game for Apple? Potentially. Uh, well, I, mean, I think it'll have to be because it'll take time to build the resources, to um, the training resources, the development libraries, things like that. More importantly, though, developers are going to need a real incentive to switch. At some point, I'm sure that incentive is going to be Apple is going to say uh, all your apps now have to be coded in Swift. But until that day comes, you know, they're not heavily incentivized to learn a whole new language, a whole new way of doing things um, that may or may not work as well as Objective-C. I mean, Objective-C is tried and true. It's been tested for, you know, almost 30 years now. You know, Swift is a new kid on the block, and uh, it may take some time for it to gain traction. Like everything else, these are works in progress. Now, when Apple had its WWDC in June, and they introduced the new versions of OS 10 and iOS and Swift, some people who write about Apple said, oh, that's nothing. It's just about software. Where's some fancy new hardware? Where are the new product initiatives? Well, I think if you're uh, upset about no hardware at WWDC, you just haven't been paying attention over the past couple of years because Apple has moved almost all their software announcements to WWDC. And in the fall, they'll do a hardware show. 
you know, they, they, I mean, they might announce some Mac stuff at WWDC, but you know, it's it's a it's a show for developers. It's a conference for developers, and the fact that we get um, you know previews of things is sort of incidental to that. I, I think most people who are um, you know intelligent about Apple were pretty excited for the announcements themselves because it seemed to signify a more open Apple, an Apple that was willing to listen to customers and developers. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's turned out that way, but. But is Apple really listening, or was that just a little bit of window dressing? I mean, of course, now we have the third-party keyboards that we could use fully supporting the system for iPhones and iPads, so maybe that's it. Well, that's uh, that's one th- Well, part of the problem is, uh, if you're working on one of these extensions, uh, who knows if Apple will let you... Well, then they might approve it initially, or they may not, but even if they approve it, who knows if they, you get to stay in the store. Um there's a keyboard I heard about, um, and it puts a calculator in the keyboard. I heard that Apple was making them pull that. Uh, they might have changed their mind. They, 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 keep, they seem to keep flip-flopping on what you can and cannot do with extensions. And it gives um, me the impression, I think it gives a lot of people the same impression, that uh, there's some kind of internal conflict at Apple, and, and, and it's just sort of uh, spilling out into pu- the public. I get the feeling that the the folks in charge of the app store don't necessarily want the extensions and things like this that are offered. And this is sort of a passive aggressive way of trying to discourage those. So hopefully in 2015, Apple gets that under control. Apple gets a, uh, uh, a grip on that. Hopefully Tim Cook can step in and, you know, say enough and uh, get everyone on the same page. That's been always the way with the app store, though where Apple seems to flip-flop a little bit, and maybe it's because they have a lot of people who have to put together these reviews and approvals of new software. And sometimes there are gray areas, and in those gray areas, they try to make things consistent and never get that way. It ends up being inconsistent. Well, from some of these stories from developers, um, it's almost sounded like, Someone from the app store would contact them and said, and would say, someone high up has said no, and so that gives me the impression that there's some sort of um, higher up uh, uh, scuffle of some kind. So I'm not sure what's going on. We may never know, but it, it's very annoying, and I, I can't I can't help but feel that it's going to hurt the Apple Watch because um, at least in the first stage of development, there's not much you're going to be able to do anyway because it's just going to be um, kind of a tether for the iPhone. But then on top of that, developers are, you know, right now are skittish to do anything um, unique with iOS or Apple Watch because um, who knows if it gets to stay around or not. So so Apple needs to come out and be very clear about what is and what is not allowed. And, and um, there was someone from the App Store uh, review team who told a developer that that was exactly the idea. They did not want to be, um, they didn't want to codify this stuff, which leads me to think that um, it is some sort of, conflict between departments because if the app store team decide they wanted to have guidelines for what you can and cannot do they would have to involve other departments as well like uh, like the engineering and all that so it, that gives me the impression that there's someone who doesn't want to codify things because they don't want to um actually get the stuff they don't want um allowed by the letter of apple law so who knows it's very annoying but um you know i would implore tim cook to fix this as soon as possible, because it's uh, it's really uh, uh, angering a lot of developers. I think it's going to hurt Apple in the long run if it's not fixed. 
Well, it may still have something to do with the sheer quantity of material they get, the size of the review team. Does anybody know how many people actually review new software submissions? Uh, I I would not know. Um, I doubt anyone really has a good number. Um, Some developers might have a a guess. Um, I can't remember the app, but um, as I mentioned earlier, there there was someone from the App Store uh, team who contacted this developer and um, explicitly told them that uh, we don't want to write the rules down. And in fact, we want to make examples out of the the most prominent apps that we don't want in the store because we want to send a message to not do this sort of stuff, almost like mafia tactics. So, right, but how do we know that's true? Well, we don't, other than what uh, what was said. So we basically developer. have one developer quoting Apple, saying something that probably they wouldn't want to get out if true, and we're depending on that developer to be truthful. And you see what I mean? Right. How do we know? I mean, we don't know what Apple's real policy is, except what they tell us, except what they put into words that can be accessed from their developer site. Beyond that, it's just what somebody says, just hearsay evidence. But, you know, you get the point. Josh Centers, managing editor of Tidbits, is here. You go to tidbits.com to see all the stuff they do. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Mike Stennerson from Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it. So decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Are you always five minutes late? Maybe you're only late when you don't want to be somewhere. Then you realize you're always five minutes late. For work, you set three alarms, drag your feet in the shower, drink your coffee slowly until you're rushing out the door. Five minutes late. 
It's not that you hate your job. Hate is such a strong word. You're just not that excited about it. But most people don't love what they do, right? Listen, if you're local to the Twin Cities, are hardworking, self-driven with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable, and a whiz on the phone, you might want to join one of the largest independent talk radio networks in the world, GCN. Because right now, we are hiring, and we offer benefits. Experience preferred, but we'll train the right person. Is that you? Submit your resume today to advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Come work with the Genesis Communications Network, where you'll want to be five minutes early every day. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we're talking here about Apple's posture towards developers, whether they're doing things that are hostile. Somebody's report claiming that someone in Apple's developer group or review group said something that seems to indicate they're really taking a hostile attitude, but don't want to reveal it. But then it was revealed. I don't know. Does it make sense um to you? I have no idea. So uh, I, I was looking that up because I couldn't remember which developer it was. It was um, Greg Gardner who developed Launcher. So he, he's pretty respected in the community. So I would say if, if that's what he said happened, then that, that is what happened. And that's um, you can read about that on Tidbits. It's a article by Adam Inks called iOS 8 App Development Becomes a Bring Me a Rock Game. So if you're interested in this topic, check that out on Tidbits. And Adam talks at length about it. Let's move into some other stuff here. So we get to the new iPhones. The iPhone 6 is introduced in September. Now, it looks to me that Apple, in producing those products, took the air out of most any reason anyone ever had to buy one of those large Android phones. Well, I mean, unless uh, you just like Android better. But if you, if you just want the form factor, then, yeah, there's no reason to move from iPhone. And you also hear there's reports that Samsung sales aren't doing so well, especially the Galaxy S5. This is the successor to the S4, supposed to be their big new smartphone that competes with anything, and they sold a lot less than they expected to. Well, you know, it's it's tough to say exactly why their sales are faltering, but my guess would be just because um, 
you know, anytime I ever touched a Samsung Galaxy phone, they've always felt very cheap to me, and they they seem to break easily, and um, just just aren't very solidly built. So uh, I can imagine someone going to a store, and you know, they're they're touching the phones for themselves, and you know, they they just want something with a large screen, and they pick up the iPhone six with six plus, and they compare it to the Galaxy. Then I, I could see why they'd go with the the iPhone six because um I'm a little annoyed by the big size, but it's a very well-made phone it feels very solid in your hand has the nice rounded corners so um i i could see how uh very easily see how someone would choose an iphone over a galaxy now the obvious question here is size there's an example i think we've mentioned this before where our friend kirk McElhern, who's written for take control books and writes for Macworld as the itunes guy and he bought an iphone 6 when it first came out one of the first people to get one and within a week or two, he returned it because it was just too large. You know, I, I had a hard time for the first week or so, but I got used to it. So um, um, maybe Kirk should, should reconsider and try it for a little longer. And that's most people I know. Most people I know, well, you know, who've got the six, uh, it takes them, a little, it takes them some adjustment, but they, but they get used to it. But I'm happy with mine. It's a very solid phone, and uh, you know, if you hadn't had Touch ID before, that's great. So. Um, yeah, and the 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 size thing. Um, actually, if anything, I almost wish I went with the six plus because it took some getting used to anyway. And with the six plus, you get you know a little larger screen, you get some more keys on your keyboard, and you get way better battery life. So I almost kind of wish I went even bigger, but I'm happy for where I'm at. Well, I know I had brief exposures to an iPhone six plus. The cable guy brought one. He was here to do some work on my broadband service. And he saw that I had for review one of those iMac with Retina 5K displays. And he asked me about it. And then he said, look what I got here. And he takes out this big thing. And I looked at it and I tried to put it in my pocket. He had it like a ruggedized case, though, because he's taking it in the field with him and he didn't want to damage it. But I couldn't get it into my pocket comfortably at all. So I am happy that I never decided to buy an iPhone 6 Plus. And, and that's a problem for uh, some people. Um, I know Tiny Inks hates the iPhone 6 size. So hopefully uh, next year they'll come out with a smaller phone again. Well, there is a, right now a request from some people at Apple do that. There's an article in Macworld calling for an iPhone mini, which would be basically the same form factor as the iPhone 6 or 6 Plus or whatever it's called next year, 6S, whatever. And it's just smaller. Yeah, I mean, and that could happen. It's so hard to say anymore because when I first heard of uh, the rumor that there was going to be a six and a six plus, I was thinking, no way, that's going to happen. They're not, they're not going to introduce two separate iPhones, and sure enough, they did. So uh, you know, all bets are off for Apple now. Yeah, imagine how they have been doing with this. Just before the holiday season ended, Apple finally caught up with demand for the iPhone six and iPhone six plus. So there may have been humongous sales. At the same time, there's a story this week in USA Today suggesting that iPad sales were probably dipping this holiday season. Yeah, I'm not the I'm not, I'm not surprised by that because uh, for a few reasons. First of all, um, you know the iPad isn't subsidized. You know, with the iPhone, um, with the way plans are structured in the United States. If you don't buy a new phone every couple of years, you're kind of throwing your money away because you spend all you pay all this extra money for your plan with the assumption that part of it's going to subsidize a phone. So if you don't buy a new phone, um, the, then you know you're you're missing out on that more or less. So 
Um, you're, you're very much incentivized to upgrade your phone every couple of years. Um, the iPad, I mean, for I think for most purposes, even like an iPad 2 is fast enough for what most people do on it. Um, I mean, an iPad 2 will handle video just fine. Even an iPad 1, I mean, you can't, I don't, I can't remember which, uh, software version it ended on uh but even that you know it can you know do video it can do uh whatever you need so uh, for most users you know i there's no need to upgrade an ipad any more often than you upgrade a pc um uh plus you know yeah you don't you don't get the subsidy you don't feel like you're missing out on anything um and, and even and also now with these larger phones there's less of a reason to go to the ipad for things um Ever since I finished my iOS 8 book and I got the screenshots I needed, I haven't touched my iPad. I haven't used it for, for anything for a couple of months now. It's just been sitting in a drawer um, because if it's not, you know, if I'm not reading a comic book or something at the time, uh, uh, it's uh, I don't have much use for it. Um, if I'm going to watch a video, I'd rather watch it on my Apple TV. If I'm going to uh, read, I'd rather do it on my Kindle. Um, internet browsing, I, I'm just happy doing it on my iPhone as anywhere or even on my Mac. So um, it's kind of a device that I'm not sure what the purpose is. And the, and the iPad's always had this problem. It's kind of an awkward device. Um, you know, if you watch a movie on your laptop, let's say you're watching a movie in bed on your laptop, you can sit on your lap and prop the screen up. It, that's just built in. Uh, if you're trying to do that with an iPad, uh, you either have to hold the screen up yourself or get some kind of uh, gadget to hold it up for you. And it's just, um, it's more awkward. Um, and even in terms of a lap device, uh, it you know you're looking you know if you hold the put the iPad in your lap, you're looking straight down at it, and that hurts your neck. So you don't want to do that. So you got to prop it up somehow, which means either you hold it up while you're sitting, or you cross your legs and you put the iPad on your leg. Um, but it's, it's, it's a very awkward, clumsy device, and that's something I think people never talk about with it. I mean, it's it's a nice device. I like my iPad Air when I have use for it, but I just find myself reaching for it less and less. Let me tell you a story here. My sister-in-law has an iPad 3. My wife has the Review iPad Air 2 that we got from Apple. I'll give you a verdict in a moment. We have Josh Sanders of Tidbits with us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First game attack of the rockoids and it was a critically acclaimed success and now there's the coming of the protectors a former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the earth this is gripping science fiction of the classic kind attack of the rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com we live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? 
Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows. Pause and rewind live TV. Even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Hi, I'm George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM. I recently learned about a very unusual pharmacist who does not advocate use of prescription drugs, except in rare circumstances, say when powerful antibiotics are needed to kill a potentially lethal infection, such as pneumonia or staph. Instead, pharmacist Ben Fuchs from Boulder, Colorado, suggests always giving the body all the nutrients it needs to survive, thrive, escape illness, and live younger and longer. I don't think you will find anyone who knows more about how the body works and can explain it in such a delightful and entertaining way. Ben has recorded some very useful health nugget minutes that are available 24-7 online at criticalhealthnews.com. I invite you to log on to criticalhealthnews.com, listen to these pharmacist Ben health nuggets, and maybe even interact with Ben via chat or email. You're going to love Pharmacist Ben online at criticalhealthnews.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. This is our first episode for 2015 with Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're on the Tech Night Owl Live. A reminder, go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot to join the Tech Night Owl Plus service, get the ad-free version of the show. All right, let's move on here. We're talking about the iPad. Now, I played with my sister-in-law's iPad 3. And the iPad Air 2. Now, obviously, the iPad Air 2 is, what, half as thick or something like that, and much lighter, lighter yes. than last year. Okay, they both have retina displays. Pretty similar. I mean, supposedly, the iPad Air 2 has a slightly better display. I'll grant that. For most purposes, 
it's not altogether faster that that becomes a deal breaker for the older machine. No. Well, I mean, uh, if you look at the evolution of the iPad line, um, I, I jumped in at the iPad at the iPad too because I I tend not to buy the first generation of anything Apple does. For good so reason. you're not going to buy an Apple Watch. Uh, I might, but for for testing purposes, I, I don't have personally have a a huge desire to buy one right away. But that that may change. I'll have to see the product and and what people are doing with it. But you know, I start with the iPad two, and the iPad two, other than not having a Retina display, was just about perfect. And then they come out with the three, and I'm like, ah, oh, darn, there's that Retina display I've been wanting. But then you hold it, and it, it feels like a brick. It was a lot heavier than the iPad 2. And the iPad 4 came out. I don't think they were calling it. The, I don't think they called it the 4 technically. But for simplicity's sake, we'll say the iPad 4. That was a little bit better, but not much. And then when the Air came out, I'm like, oh, okay, there's an iPad I can upgrade to. And but I wish I had Touch ID. But I'm not going to buy uh, an Air 2 just for the Touch ID. So so, so what do you think of the Air 2? Uh, what's what's your verdict on that? Well, I like the fact that it's thinner. I like the fact that obviously it's faster in the previous year's version. Being lighter is easier more for my wife than myself because she tends to have stiffness in the joints and being able to carry something lighter is better for her. Probably when we send the unit back to Apple, she's going to save up and buy one because she likes it. She likes the iPad. She does not like a Mac. And for various and sundry reasons not to really mention here, she doesn't like her iPhone that much. She likes the bigger space because she's not trying to make phone calls. She's just trying to go online. She's trying to start a business for women's handbags and accessories with her sister. And therefore, she likes the larger space. But she doesn't like Max at all. Hmm. I think something that bugs me about the iPad, Gene, is that when they came up with the 6 Plus, well, on the 6 also, they came up with all these ways to take better advantage of all that screen space, right? Like you can double touch the home button and things drop down. They call that reachability. Um, there's extra keys on the keyboard. Uh, a lot of little things like that. How come the iPad doesn't have that? Why don't I have extra keys on my iPad keyboard? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I have here a Logitech accessory Bluetooth keyboard for the iPad Air 2. And when you insert the iPad into this slot, it seems awfully wobbly. You know, it looks like the kind of thing you want to hold in one place. And I can understand that. But I can't see trying to carry that around. It would be very awkward. And the reason I even look at that is because my son is thinking now, he has a black MacBook from 2008. He got his graduation present. And now he's thinking, you know, when that computer goes, and everything's been replaced on it already. You know, that was the MacBook from the other place. We had to go back to Apple support a couple of times to get extensions to the Apple Care warranty because so many things broke. Mm. It's in good shape now. But he says when that goes, when it's time to send it out to pasture, he'll probably get an iPad. But if he does, he's then going to want, you know, maybe get an iPad. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, if, if I weren't so heavily invested in the Apple ecosystem, I would be I would be taking a serious look at the Surface Three. Um, I realize it's you know it, it has its own it has plenty of flaws of its own, but I, I think it's a fascinating device because it solves a lot of the iPad Mac problems that I have. You know when you're considering how to move things you know from iPad to Mac and vice versa. You know how to use your how to type inner text on your iPad. You know 
Microsoft at least seems to be trying to address a lot of these with the Surface. Um, of course, my, uh, my, my problem has been Windows 8 is just the worst operating system I've ever used. And, and that includes uh, several varieties of Linux and other open source operating systems. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, I would like it if Apple tried an approach like that. I don't think they will. Um, but, but, you know, Apple's also, the, you know, their, their stock and trade has always been to take ideas from other people and make them actually workable. So maybe at some point they will do something like that. Maybe Apple make its own kind of surface and, you know, solve all the, the, the awkwardness that uh, is inherent with that product. Well, I don't know. I, as I look at this, I still wonder whether I would ever want an iPad for myself. And I can't make a case for it. I've really tried. Right. It's yeah, it's it's one of those things it it's so hard to find a use for, especially when you have the larger phone. Uh you know, when I first got my first iPhone was an iPhone 4. I, I hopped on kind of late to that. But you know, after I used it for a bit, and before that was I made fun of the iPad a bit. I'm like, okay, that, that seems like a really weird device. But you know, after I used my iPhone 4 for a bit, I'm like, okay, I, I could see why you'd want a larger one of these. Um but you know, yeah, now with the the six and the six plus. I mean, it doesn't take away every reason I'd want an iPad, but uh, you know, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to try to read comic books on my iPhone six. It just the, the screen is not large enough. But um, you know, for most things, I mean, even like reading text and stuff, you know, re- you know, reading things with the Kindle app, it, you know, if you care to do that in your iPhone, um, which I usually don't, but if you care to do that, then you know, the six is large enough to do that. Um, games, you know, the the screen is plenty large enough without being awkward. Um, because I I think even most iPad aficionados will agree that the the size of the Air is still, the, the that ten inch screen is still a little too large for a lot of things, um, especially gaming uh, where you have to actually have your hands on the screen. It's a little too large for that, and so the Mini is really the the optimal size. But then you know when you have the six and the six plus coming so close to the size of the Mini, it's kind of like, well, why do I need this other device? And I always have this iPhone with me, so you know why not just use that. Well, I know that the iPhone 6 Plus clearly is cannibalizing sales from the iPad. Right. I mean, not that I think Apple minds. Um, in fact, I think they, they almost prefer that because the the update for the, the iPad, iPad Mini this year was um, kind of pitiful. And the year before that, well, last year, they... Uh, you know, they made the iPad mini and the iPad air equal. I think, that, I think that hurt the iPad air. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if they end up getting rid of the iPad mini because, um, I'm sure they'd much rather be selling the much more profitable iPhone six plus alongside the more profitable, um, iPad air. Right. But if there is a reasonable demand, even a reduced demand, Apple isn't going to cut out that product. Remember they had lots of iPods going on there. And so it's possible there's still a demand, which is why they continue to sell the first three generations of iPad minis. They want to cater to people who don't want to spend $500 for a tablet and still aren't going to replace that with buying an iPhone 6 Plus. It's not right. an easy decision to make. 
No, it's not. It's uh, I, I'm sure that they're thinking about this all the time. Uh, well, you know, I, th- I think the, the bottom line is Apple doesn't care what you're buying from them as long as you're buying Apple. You know, if all their stuff is competing with each other and you're not even thinking about the, the, the a competing company's products, it's all Apple's products are in competition. That's a that's a pretty good position to be in. Well, the long term success of the iPad, where it's going to go is another big question. There's another story that you've heard several times this year that Apple is considering a large iPad, like an iPad Pro that will have a screen of over 12 inches. I think even the Wall Street Journal had something about that. Not that that necessarily makes it more credible. Let's talk about that in our next segment. Can Apple revive the iPad and does making a larger version make sense? We have Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com The knowledge of the ancients, tried and true, trusted herbs and extracts fused with the latest nutraceutical science. Introducing the all-new Ancient Defense Herbal Immunity Blend, crafted with over 14 key ancient herbs and extracts to supercharge and prepare your body for what experts admit is the most dangerous season of the year. We have rejected hundreds of other formulations in our quest to bring you what is simply the most powerful and comprehensive proprietary formula that we have ever created in the realm of herbal immunity. For the last two years, our team has been working with top doctors, nutritionists, and chemists to develop the ultimate nutraceutical formulation. Experience the benefits of combining over 14 ancient herbs and extracts with exciting new advances in nutraceutical science. Now is the time to secure ancient defense for you and your family. Visit ancientdefense.com or call 888-253-3139. That's ancientdefense.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. 
We've been patiently waiting. Waiting while you tried to ignore us. Waiting while you acted like we didn't exist. Waiting for our chance to be taken seriously. The wait is over. GCN is available 24-7 at GCNlive.com. Navigate through news from your favorite hosts and download archives of past shows. Download the app on your smartphone or tablet or visit GCNlive.com for instant access and live streaming. GCNlive.com, the future of talk radio. Now at your fingertips. Time waits for no one. That's why you should hurry to not miss the Freeze Dry Guy's end of year caselet sale. Go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663 to receive 20 to 25% off Mountain House Freeze Dry Foods. Mountain House, the gold standard in long-term storage products, include real freeze-dried meats, entrees, eggs, fruits, and vegetables. Yes, 20 to 25% off now. Also receive 30% off other selected Mountain House foods. And receive 30% off selected Packaway brand dehydrated foods. Just call 866-404-3663 and ask for the freeze-dry guy. Plus, long-range patrol ration eggs and ham at superb discounts. But these are extremely hard to find and nearly gone, so call today. Ask about our LRP ice cream bars, too. Some items limited to stock on hand. And remember, the freeze-dry guy pays for shipping to your door within the lower 48 states. Order now. Don't miss out on the freeze-dry guy's end-of-year caselet sale. Call 866-404-3663 or visit freezedryguy.com. know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg we have josh centers of tidbits and take control books i'm gene steinberg you're in the tech night Owl live so let's look at that front and center should there be an iPad Pro? Is that the direction Apple should take? Is there a market for it, maybe in the business world? Uh, you know, possibly. But I, I think the the bigger, the broader question beyond will a larger iPad sell is what's the software going to offer? Because as it stands right now, if I just had like an iPad Air with the current iOS 8 software behaving as it does now, it was just larger. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that would have a lot of appeal for people. That'd probably be about as appealing as a 17-inch MacBook Pro was. It, it would have a niche for sure, but uh, I don't think it would sell in droves. You know, if this is a Pro model, they're going to have to offer some professional capabilities to go with it. And we know, you know, people poked around and found clues in iOS 8 that Apple has been working on side-by-side apps. That would be interesting. I'm not sure it'd be compelling enough to to sell a whole new device. I think something they really need for a professional machine is they need their own solution to the keyboard problem. They need some way to be able to use this thing like a laptop and it not feel clunky and awkward because it's great to use the iPad in your lap, but when it's time to enter text, it's time to you know get things done, the keyboard's where it's at. There's no way around that. I mean, my son's generation might be just as good with a touchscreen keyboard as, as we are with a, with a physical keyboard. But that's that's not here yet. And it may never be here. For the text entry problem, they also need to um, be friendlier to power users and power user applications. There's this really cool app called Workflow that's uh, that's come out for iOS. It's an automation app, and it takes a lot of event, takes a heavy advantage of iOS 8's extensibility capabilities. Really cool app, but but everyone's on pins and needles, like, okay, when's Apple going to kick it out of the app store? So 
If they really want to appeal to professionals, they need to be friendlier to these sorts of apps. Uh, let them know that they're welcome and allowed and, and, and you know, beloved and whatnot. And, and they have to develop the software for it. I mean, just slapping a bigger screen in the iPad, I don't think is going to sell to professionals. But you, you really have to offer additional capabilities. So much for the iPad. Let's look at other products. The one that got neglected this year. Every year we hear something that's going to be a brand new Apple TV. And now we hear reports that Chromecast and Roku may be doing better than Apple in terms of sales. But the Apple TV is the very same one that's been out for three years now, except for a minor processor change that really didn't do anything. So what happens with Apple TV? Oh, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, Gene. At this point, I'm I'm going to concede that your guess is as good as mine because for the past uh, well, ever since I started working on the Apple TV book uh, last summer, I've been predicting a new Apple TV because I thought one would come out while I was working on the book. I was af- I was afraid for that, and then that didn't happen. I thought, okay, well, it'll come out right after I finish the book, and that didn't happen. And then I thought, okay, well, it, it will d- definitely, without a doubt, come out this fall with new iPads and. That, that has not happened. My current thinking is we're going to see one with the Apple Watch. Uh, and, and you can take this with a heavy grain of salt. But the, the reason I think that is because Tim Cook mentioned controlling his Apple TV with his Apple Watch. So maybe, just maybe, there will be a, a new revision of the Apple TV that, that's made to work with Apple Watch. And maybe you'll have to buy a new Apple TV for that feature. Um, but even then, that's not necessarily... Uh, necessary i don't see them necessarily doing that i i think part of the problem with the apple tv is that since they made it kind of a dumb box uh that just you know serves stuff over the internet then you know for most purposes it, it's fine there's no reason to really overhaul the hardware software wise there's probably some more things they could do um there's definitely things we'd like to see them do like an app store um apps things like that but that's almost more of a software thing than a hardware thing at this point. So, I mean, I, I'm sure they're working on one. I, I guess the challenge is coming up with a reason why you would buy a new one. And for that, there's probably deals with content companies. And and, and that's a very tricky business. The TV business is very ugly and messy and complicated. And, you know, if they're trying to deal with um, content providers like, say, ESPN at the same time, they're trying to deal with ISPs like, or, or not ISPs, but rather cable providers, TV providers like Comcast, DirecTV. Um, that's a that's a thorny situation, and that could take potentially years to resolve. And then, meanwhile, people who aren't as invested in Apple, you know, they they look and they see, oh, well, the Chromecast uh, is thirty five bucks, and I just plug it in. It's a neat little, uh, <laughs> it's a neat little thing. I just plug into my TV. It's not actually, it's actually not quite that neat once you got all the cables hooked up to it. Um, but uh, <laughs> for marketing purposes, those little sticks are very appealing. You know, people see the Roku, and the Roku has a lot of um, brand recognition at this point, and um, frankly, it has a lot more channels and customization options than um, than the Apple TV. So unless you're really invest in iTunes, um, you know, th- there are better options. I mean, I still think the Apple TV is the best bunch, but I- I'm admittedly biased. You know, I wrote a book about the Apple TV. Um, I've used mine for years. I'm very familiar with the interface. Um, the Roku 
kind of baffling to me. That so is the Chromecast because the Chromecast doesn't really have an interface; it's all done through your phone. Um, but but you know, if you're new to it, that that might be more appealing to you. Uh, the Roku might be more appealing. Um, I, I've heard a lot of good things. I've I've heard the Fire TV sticks have been flying off the shelves, which I find. I find interesting because uh, I, I think the stick, uh, the Fire TV stick, takes away a lot of the the most interesting features of the Fire TV. You know, Amazon there has has a good offering. You know, and you know they they have I don't know if they have music their music service on the Fire TV yet. I haven't played with mine in a while, um, but you know they they do have you know the full video service. They have uh, you know the Prime Instant Video, and you know if you're a budget user, um, the Amazon option is pretty good because you spend nine eight bucks a year for Prime. You get the you get the two day shipping. You, you get um you know you get the access to the music and uh, uh, I think you get some free books with that and uh, you know you get the the TV streaming service you know so instead of paying Netflix eight bucks a month and you know iTunes this much and whatever you just you get you spend a uh, hundred bucks a year for uh, Prime and then you get how much is the Fire TV stick like twenty five thirty dollars something like that so it's more than that I think isn't it is it uh. I haven't paid close attention to it. I've just heard. Uh, okay, the Fire TV stick is thirty nine dollars. Thirty nine dollars, but okay. still, that's that's pretty cheap. A Fire um, TV, which is closer in concept to a Roku or an Apple TV, is ninety nine dollars. Right. So, okay. So if you're looking at say an Apple TV that's ninety nine dollars, or you look at the Fire TV stick that's thirty nine dollars, you know, I mean, if, if you're on a budget, if you don't want to spend a lot of money on this stuff, I definitely see how the Fire TV stick or Chromecast. Now, let me just tell you here, I have had an Apple TV since the very first, the current version, which is, what, 2012. Now, as of this weekend, I tried to watch a movie, and the remote control is broken. I replaced the battery, uses the same batteries that you use, say, in scales, bathroom scales. Mm -hmm. And I had a couple of extras around, brand new batteries in the container, didn't work. Fortunately, I have the Harmony remote, Harmony 900 remote from Logitech, something I got a couple of years ago also. And I was able to use that with the Apple TV. It's more of a traditional remote, but all the controls are supported on it. So I was able to make it work. and I was able to watch the movies. Had that not happened, I'd be stuck without a remote. And I, I guess you can buy the remote separately from Apple. But I just right. kind of wonder why it would go in two and a half years. Right. Well, you, you, yeah, that's weird. My son, uh, who's a little over one year old, uh, somehow managed to break one of ours. And I, now I did. I was able to fix it. And something you can try is if you get a safety pin, and if you pop off the little control ring, the control ring on the front of the remote, you can pop all that stuff out, and you can lift up the contacts and clean the, and clean those off with a Q-tip and some alcohol, and and that might uh, fix it. Um, because in our case, the the up button wasn't working, but um, in mine, anyway. no, but nothing is working. Oh, nothing, huh? So well, that, it's all or nothing, and it's clean. I opened it up. Mm. I looked inside the little battery compartment. It seems to be clean. So mm. I'm assuming it's the remote because the unit works with a third party remote. Mm. Well, I, I will give your uh, your listeners a, a bit of a tip here. Um, so if your Apple TV remote goes missing, which happens at our house all the time with a toddler. Or if um, it breaks, or you know, just or if you just don't like it, you can actually, if you go in the settings, I detail this and take control of Apple TV. Um, you can actually program any third-party remote to work with your Apple TV, and you can do that through the Apple TV interface. It doesn't have to be a, even a universal remote. 
or say a Harmony remote, something like that. Um, actually, when I was writing the book, I, I grabbed a random remote that I, I think went to my wife's boombox, and I programmed that to work with uh, my, our Apple TV. Let's continue this in a moment. Right. Josh Centers <laughs> from Tidbits and Take Control Books is with us. Two more segments with him, then we'll hear from Peter Cohen. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Genesis is defined as an origin, creation, or the beginning. Genesis Communications Network began with the mission of providing you with the kind of compelling content you're listening to now. And at GCNlive.com, you'll find a free archive of our nation's history, narrated by GCN hosts. Explore, share, and pass down to future generations. GCN is the future of talk radio, but we should always strive to learn from our past. Together, we are GCNlive.com. GCN. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of hb extract it's extremely effective and it starts working in just days visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers and we've never increased our price in over 10 years that makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it a healthy heart is a happy heart call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, so you can easily program another remote, as I did to work with Apple TV, they provide the interface, or in the case of the Harmony, they have a built-in profile for Apple TV. And by the way, if you still feel you need to have the official Apple TV remote, well, that's not a problem, because Apple will sell you a new one for all of $19. Mm-hmm. Yep. And of course, there's always the remote app on the iPhone or iPad. Or, or, or you can use a Bluetooth keyboard also. So that's one of the things I love about the Apple TV is there's so many ways you can control it. So if you don't like one method, uh, you're bound to find, find one you like. All right. Thank you very much for the consideration. But still, looking at the Apple TV, forgetting that I had the bad remote, and I guess I could just spend $19 for a new one if I don't want to stick with the Harmony. But now let's look at the overall posture here. 
if Apple's going to offer an alternative service, they have to make the deals with the content providers. But what about making deals with the cable companies so Apple TV becomes the interface? Right. And that's something I've theorized about before. And I still think that's something that's probably in the works. But it's hard to see beyond that that veil of secrecy. So uh, at this point, I'm just kind of waiting. I have a wait and see attitude. Um, it may never happen. Um, or it may, it may happen sooner than we think. I, I think part of the X factor in this equation is that content providers are, are a bit scared of Apple. You know, after this, they, you know, they kind of see it, at, you know, in terms of iTunes that Apple took over the music industry. Really, I mean, the reality is Apple saved the music industry. It was floundering because of piracy and, and all these other things. And Apple kind of, you know, pulled it out of the, the depths. But the music industry doesn't see it that way. And a lot of content providers don't see it that way. So, um, you know, I think they're a bit skittish. So, you know, so, so that's the real X factor there. So um, at this point, you know, I'm just going to wait and see and, and uh, hope they come up with something so I can update the book. Well, it doesn't matter at this point whether or not Apple makes zillions of dollars from the Apple TV. Obviously, they have a long-range plan, and we can only guess at what it is. We can assume they're trying to offer their streaming TV service. We can assume that maybe they'll make a deal with the cable companies. But the issue is here, if they're offering an independent streaming service, they get into the same problem that basically Netflix has, which is what happens when customers who are just addicted to all that content run afoul of the bandwidth caps from their ISP. I know the one that I use here, they give you a little gauge you can check online to see how much bandwidth you're using. But if you're using too much, you're kind of stuck. Right. And, well, and not everyone understands this problem. See, I have a I have a bandwidth cap from Comcast, but that's you know, that's not a very widespread thing. It's it's definitely the case here in the in the Nashville uh, general area. Um but I, <laughs> I've told other people about this. Like when I was working on the book, I was having to explain to some of my editors, yes, I do have a bandwidth cap on my home broadband. And they were acting like I was talking about churning butter or something like, like I was, like I was Looney Tunes. But yeah, that's a problem. And see, I, that's one of the things I think Apple is is trying to negotiate because uh, we know certain services, um, you, you know, people talk about net neutrality dying. Well, it's, that's already kind of happened because say like, for instance, if you have an Xbox, and you have Time Warner cable. You can use the Xbox as your cable, uh, as your cable box through the internet. You know, using the internet. Um, I'm not talking about the HDMI pass through. I'm talking about the actually um, streaming every all your TV over the internet, and that doesn't affect your bandwidth cap. Um, and it's been that way for a few years now. So, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure Apple's trying to work that sort of thing out. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> you know, at this point, I I, I I don't know what to guess anymore. I, so, you know, every time there's an Apple product announcement, I just kind of wait and see. Well, sometimes you don't really know what's going to happen until it does. Yeah, that's, that's very true. All right. Well, we'll see. Okay. We'll see what happens here with Apple TV. Now, there is, I, I sent you a link on this, and maybe it's interesting to talk about because we have that iPod suit, the lawsuit saying that. During the period that Apple had the Fairplay DRM, they were somehow cheating the customers and locking them in. Mm-hmm. Which uh, which got thrown out of court. Uh, well, I don't know. It, it didn't get thrown out, but the, they ruled the jury, the judge, whoever ruled in Apple's favor. It was a ridiculous lawsuit because my understanding of it 
Now, I followed this only just sort of loosely, but my understanding was the complaint was because of this DRM, which the music companies demanded they use, uh, because that DRM did not work with other devices, then somehow Apple was was locking, was preventing people from using other devices for their music collection. Um, which, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, and and that's one of the, the terrible things about DRM. But you know, <laughs> Apple, you know, uh, was very upfront about not wanting to have DRM. I mean, Steve Jobs wrote that big open letter saying why DRM was ridiculous. And, uh, you know, and eventually they got rid of it. And, you know, now you can buy uh, music from iTunes as long as your music player, which, well, I guess people use Android phones now. I was trying to think of another MP3 player that isn't Apple uh, that's popular. But, um, you know, as long as you play those M4A files, then uh, then you're good to go. So it's uh, I, I just found the whole thing sort of frivolous. And apparently the court did, too. And remember, too, the contradiction here. Why didn't they sue Microsoft for Plays for Sure? If you oh, had oh a product God. that is using Plays for Sure, all five that were sold, you were locked in. Yeah, and, and then they dropped it. Like, And then they had, they had other DRM systems, too. So you didn't even know what to buy. So so if you bought Plays for Sure music or Plays for Sure device, it was, it was actually the opposite of Plays for Sure. You, you had to flip a coin whether it was going to play or not. I feel like that was much more deserving of a lawsuit because you couldn't even buy a Microsoft device and be sure that your place for sure stuff would work. <laughs> At least if you know if you have an iPod, you have an iPhone, and you buy your music from iTunes, you you know your your iTunes music is going to work on your on your iPod or your iPhone. <laughs> and it wasn't that hard to strip the DRM anyway. I mean, there there were lots of free apps that you could do that. You know, no one was pre- prevented from listening to their music if they really wanted to. Besides which, there are other ways to get the music if you really try hard enough. Right. You don't have to try that hard. You don't want to get to it. Let's just cover one more area that's interesting, and we'll extend this to our next segment. There apparently is yet another class action lawsuit that we're dealing with now. And this one here, where they charge that Apple is cheating misrepresenting storage with iOS 8 because roughly 20% of the storage capacity of a 16-gigabyte iPhone is consumed by the operating system. I think they forget that it's worse on Android and others. Right. I mean, this is... (laughs) You might as well sue the entire computing industry because, I mean, that's the case with every computer... I've ever owned and I've ever been aware of. I mean, a certain amount is taken up by the operating system and by other things. That's that's just the way it is. Yeah, and if you buy, I can't remember what the ratio was on the surfaces, but if you bought, if, I remember something like if you bought like a 32 gigabyte surface, I think it was something like you would have less than 16 gigabytes usable because the Windows 8 took took up so much of the the storage space. So, um, I mean, is that the way it should be? Uh, probably not, but. Um, that's just become kind of became the standard. And I'm sure there's there's excellent engineering reasons for that. Um, I would say the bigger issue is that they still sell these 16 gigabyte or eight and 16 gigabyte devices, which which are too small for a lot of people. Um, now I, I have some friends who are not the least bit tech savvy, and they have 16 gigabyte devices, and they don't notice a difference. But you know, even for say my wife, who is knowledgeable but not really geeky she comes in this problem all the time we haven't even gotten her updated to ios 8 yet because she has so many photos on her phone 
that Apple has has made really hard to get off because for some reason iPhoto isn't uh, exporting them. Um, you know, but that that that's a problem for for a lot of people that you know just taking photos. They don't even have to install apps; just taking photos and videos and things um, can quickly fill up your device. And then uh, you're left wondering, well, how how do I manage this? Um, but yeah, this this also is a ridiculous lawsuit, and I hope it's thrown out swiftly. Oh, I don't know how you keep up with all these lawsuits. A lot of <laughs> lawyers are getting rich. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of hb extract it's extremely effective and it starts working in just days visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers and we've never increased our price in over 10 years that makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it a healthy heart is a happy heart call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. 
General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Of course, tech authors don't get rich, just lawyers with class action lawsuits. We have Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books. And we were talking about that nonsensical claim that, gee, 20% of the 16 gigabyte space is being taken up by iOS 8. But what about Samsung? What about Microsoft? That kind of thing. Amazing. Let's move on. 2015. We know there's an Apple Watch. We're up in the air about... Apple TV. What else might we expect from Apple? Well, I mean, I'm sure we'll see another version of OS 10 and iOS, and all, all I can hope for with those versions and request the the fairies at Apple to do is to not focus so much on new features, but to do some sort of like snow leopard, you know, cleanup of things and make things more stable and you know clean up some of the crud and and just fix things up because Apple's software quality. I think most people would agree is taking a huge dive, especially in this past year. So that's something I wish they would work on. Um, you know, um, we might see some new Macs, but um, there's nothing. I think people really have a burning desire for I me. Mean, we have the Retina iMac now. Um, I would like to see a, a standalone Retina Apple monitor. Um, now I'm sure that's coming down the pike at some point to go with the Mac Pro. Assuming they keep the Mac Pro around, it seems like a lot of professionals actually prefer the Retina iMac for their for their purposes. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, of course, we'll have a new iPhone. Uh, I'm sure it'll be called the 6 Plus or 6S or, you know, <laughs> we have a 6 Plus. You know what's uh, awkward here is the 6S Plus. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, also, yeah. I also have the iPhone 6 Mini, iPhone 6S Mini. We got the iPhone 6S Mini, the iPhone 6S Plus, and the iPhone 6S. And I don't know. Maybe maybe they won't do a Plus this year. Maybe it'll just be the uh, maybe they'll do the Plus every other year. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm sure there'll be an iPad Air three or whatnot. And I don't see them uh, changing that design anytime soon. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty minimal. Um, and uh, I. No, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, the, they did a lot of. I think the big focus this year for Apple will be the watch, um, and trying to sell that. I, I think the bigger story with the Apple Watch is that you're going to, um, 
you probably going to see that. You can probably see it on the sidelines of basketball games. You're going to see it at fashion events. You're going to see it. You're going to see a lot of celebrities wearing this thing because, you know, I think that's part of the reason they hired the Beats guys. They hired a lady from Burberry. Uh, you know, they really want to put this in the hands of people, you know, on the wrists of people who can sell it. You know, um, you know, there's that rumor. Apparently, Kobe Bryant was at uh, the Apple headquarters at some point. So um, I'm sure we're seeing these things out everywhere. And it's going to be those things, you know, if you pay attention to the tabloids or uh, TMZ or wherever you're, you're going to see, you know, or uh, you, know, you see celebrities, they'll, they'll, they'll probably be wearing these things at the Oscars. Um, so that's kind of my prediction for Apple Watch. Um, I'm not sure capability wise what we're going to see. I, I don't think it's going to be. I don't, th- I don't think it's going to be a geek device. I don't think it's going to be a nerd device per se, at least not first. I think it's going to be more directed at, at the fashion crowd at the, you know, it's, it, they're, they're going to try to make it a, uh, a popular device. One of those kind of devices you lust after, um, as a fashion accessory. All right. That might be it. And the other question, of course, the other argument would be made with all this stuff going on, the fashion industry and Apple pay and all the new products is Apple biting off more than they can chew. I, I think they're already doing that. I mean, they they've struggled with this ever since iOS uh, debuted. Well, it wasn't called iOS then, but um, you know they've been having a hard time with this. And you know, and they used to have the problem of they'd work on like an update for iOS and then neglect the Mac and then vice versa. Um, and then they got both going at the same time, but now their software quality is slipping. Um, and now they're going to work on this watch, which um, I think for a while is going to be a a glorified um, second screen for your iOS devices. So, um, yeah, that, that's a real challenge for Apple, and um, I, I hope they're they're working on fixing that. But this is something that's been getting worse for a few years now. So, um, uh, I'm not I'm not sure if they know how to solve it. And, and I'm sure there's a certain amount of push from marketing to and, and from investors to keep coming up with something new and something shiny and flashy. And um, that's uh, it's hard to keep coming with new stuff and, you know, without taking time to do maintenance on your older stuff. And I think at some point, Apple's going to have to bite the bullet and polish up what they have or they're going to start losing customers. The theory that Apple does too much, and I guess one example of that was the iOS 8.0.1 update. But I was also looking at the list of the 10 worst gaffes committed by Microsoft in updates, and I saw stuff there that was causing reboots and boot loops and all sorts of stuff for Windows. So if you think Apple did bad, consider what Microsoft did this past year. Right, but look where Microsoft is now. You know, now Microsoft's playing catch up. So I, I think the last thing Apple wants to do is is be in Microsoft's shoes. And that's why they need to they need to focus on, on polishing up what they have. What I wonder here is we had supposedly a million or more people beta testing OS 10 Yosemite in a public beta. But when OS 10 Yosemite came out, we had some annoying bugs like a Wi-Fi bug, where there'd be constant disconnects of your Wi-Fi network. And I have a simple question. If a million people or more beta tested this, how come this problem was not discovered? Yeah, it's an excellent question. I wish I had a better answer. You know, it's just the... It, beta testing things is so difficult. And and while, you know, I'm not in that position, I'm in the position where I do hear people's complaints about things and, and I do try to help people solve their problems with, with software. And um, a lot of times they'll ask me stuff and I don't know what to tell them because I've never had anything that resembles that. Like for instance, this Wi-Fi issue, 
no one on the tidbit staff had had those Wi-Fi issues with Yosemite. And we were, at, you know, and by the time they started coming out, we were all pretty familiar with Yosemite, you know, and have our own issues with it and such. But, um, you know, we, we were having these Wi-Fi problems. So we, we weren't quite sure what to write about it. Um, you know, we did write an article talk, addressing some of the more common issues. And, uh, you know, we, and we linked to some some fixes that other people have found for Wi-Fi issues. But, you know, as far as personal experience, um, you know, if, if we don't experience the problem, we have a hard time figuring out what the problem is. And and there was nothing consistent reported. It was, you know, some people were saying it was dropping out. Some people were saying it was disconnecting. Uh, some people were saying it was just being really slow or uh, high latency. You know, there were so many different issues, and it was it was impossible to say exactly what it was. Um, and part of the theory is that they're they're instead of they're putting Bonjour over Wi-Fi now instead of I think Bluetooth. I may be getting this totally wrong, um, but that you know that might be part of the issue. Um, but you know that, that's just one example of something that uh, of an issue that it's hard to track down because none of us are experiencing it. And considering the number here, even if only a fraction of one percent of the Mac user base had the problem, you know it may not be enough to get a handle on a cause, figure out what's going on, determine it's an operating system update that's required, and not something involved with the equipment, the hardware, the routers. A lot of variables with that. Wi-Fi is not easy. Josh Centers, tell us easily how we can learn more about your stuff. Uh, you can see all my new stuff at tidbits.com, and you can check out my books at takecontrolbooks.com. Josh Centers, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for having me, Gene. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. G-C-N. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of 
filters can last for five to ten years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Time waits for no one. That's why you should hurry to not miss the Freeze Dry Guy's end of year case lot sale. Go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663 to receive 20 to 25% off Mountain House Freeze Dry Foods. Mountain House, the gold standard in long-term storage products, include real freeze-dried meats, entrees, eggs, fruits, and vegetables. Yes, 20 to 25% off now. Also receive 30% off other selected Mountain House foods. And receive 30% off selected Packaway brand dehydrated foods. Just call 866-404-3663 and ask for the freeze-dry guy. Plus, long-range patrol ration eggs and ham at superb discounts. But these are extremely hard to find and nearly gone, so call today. Ask about our LRP ice cream bars, too. Some items limited to stock on hand. And remember, the freeze-dry guy pays for shipping to your door within the lower 48 states. Order now. Don't miss out on the freeze-dry guy's end-of-year case lot sale. Call 866-404-3663 or visit freezedryguy.com. You pick up the receiver. With your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead, you finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Jason! Jason! Going once, twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the host you're listening to right now, online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with the host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Peter Cohen. You still hang out at iMore, right? I sure do. Okay. And we're going to hang out for a little while here and talk about stuff. Now, it's always fascinating to look at the people who do things that are negative towards Apple and to see, well, what's behind it. So, for example, there's a story making the rounds now of a class action lawsuit against Apple. You know, it's fairly normal to have a class action lawsuit against Apple. In this case, it's because if you have a 16 gigabyte iPhone, 6, iPhone 6 Plus, any device using iOS 8, 20% of that 16 gigabytes is taken over by your operating system and overhead. And to them, that's cheating. Really? Well, what's interesting about this is that Apple is no different 
fundamentally than any other smartphone maker. You know, every smartphone has overhead because smartphones have operating systems and application software uh, pre-installed on them that occupy some of that space. It's just that, you know, Apple is the biggest target on the block because they're the most profitable company and they're also the one who's uh, most likely to garner headlines when these when this stuff gets announced. So Apple is, of course, the subject of, of the... Uh, um, of the lawsuit, but Apple is not unique in this respect. Samsung and everybody who makes an Android phone, and uh, you know Microsoft with its Windows phones, same story. Uh, even dumb phones, uh, you know, don't have mu- as much storage capacity as their manufacturers purport them to have, because again, uh, overhead exists. So it's it's not really unique to Apple at all. Well, in this particular case, though, let's kind of look at what's going on. Now, I recall this article I read what couple of years ago when the first Surface tablet came out, 32 gigabyte storage, roughly half was taken up by the OS and the bundled apps. So therefore, if you bought a 32 gigabyte device, you got 16. And a couple of generations of those Samsung Galaxy devices took an awful lot of space, far more than Apple. (laughs) So, you know, let's all make it equal here. In fact, the biggest argument you can make is why go after Apple if these people do worse? Well, like I said, because Apple's sure. the biggest, it got the biggest target on its back. Obviously. And the only thing I'd like to know here is I'm looking at the charts supplied in these articles. And how much space was iOS 7 consuming? Yeah, how much more space is 8? I'm not looking at the I'm not looking at the uh, the charts, so I I can't tell you that right off the top of my head, Gene. But I can tell you that a lot of people complained when iOS 8 came out this um, this past fall that they didn't have enough space on their devices um, to upgrade to iOS 8. And at least you know some of the information that's come out anecdotally suggests that iOS 8 adoption has been slower than iOS 7 was, uh, partly because people don't have the space to install iOS 8 on their devices. That's at least in the case of people who are doing over-the-air updates. Many people don't realize that if you connect your um, your iPhone or your iPad to your computer, whether it's a PC or a Mac, as long as you've got iTunes installed on it, you can do an operating system upgrade with absolutely no net change to um, your device in terms of storage capacity. You don't need to have the 5 or 6 or whatever it is, gigabytes, 4.7, I think, uh, gigabytes free needed to do an operating system upgrade um on your device if you do it over your computer but not everybody knows that a lot of people think that the only way of doing one of these updates is to do it over the air when you get a message um when your device is connected over wi-fi or lte or whatever and that's partly apple's fault because they said look you can update your devices without hooking it up to itunes but they did send out emails let's grant them that explaining this, but I think it would have been better if they put up a prompt saying, I'm sorry, there's not enough space to install your OS upgrade, but if you hook it up to iTunes, you should be able to install that upgrade. I completely agree. I think that Apple, uh, if Apple deserves any kind of admonishment here, it's exactly for that reason, that they didn't do a very good job of articulating what people's um, 
options were uh, when they upgrade. And you've just got to bear in mind that the average consumer is not technically sophisticated. It doesn't necessarily pay that much attention to, to either system prompts or to emails that they get. Even legit emails from Apple may not garner the same kind of attention um, that, you know, an email from uh, from a friend or relative might. So, uh, you know, it's it's... It's unfortunately, uh, you know, the caveat emptor, but, um, you know, I, I think that, that that probably has a little bit to do with what's spurring this, uh, this lawsuit, too. Well, their allegation here is that the reason Apple does this, they deliberately made iOS 8 bigger because then they can sell you storage space in iCloud. Now, <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. So anyway, I was looking up this. Of course, you get five gigabyte storage free with iCloud. If you are losing a gigabyte or more extra space because perhaps iOS 8 is bloated and five gigabytes isn't enough, you can subscribe to 20 for 99 cents a month or $11.88 a year. So is Apple engaged in a secret nefarious plot to exact $11.88 in subscription rates for each year that you own your iPhone because there's not enough space on it? Tell me that's what they're telling us. Of course, of course, that isn't the case, Gene, because, you know, you, you are perfectly capable of operating your phone without um, having an iCloud account at all. And in fact, some people do. Um, the, the, the lawsuit, the allegation in the lawsuit is completely spurious. And I would be very surprised if Apple has any trouble batting this away um, based on that alone. But uh, having said that, Apple is in the interest or is interested in selling services. You know, the, and iCloud is a service that it offers, and it is interested in having people invest in iTunes. You know, for my part, I have the two hundred uh, per year plan uh, for mine because I have a family account and I like to store a lot of stuff in the cloud. So it made more sense for me to do that uh, than uh, to have the twenty gigabyte plan or the free five gigabyte plan. But many people are perfectly capable of surviving with five gigabytes on their own. Where it gets difficult is when you have more than one device uh, that you're trying to back up. If you've got an iPhone and an iPad on the same account or an iPod Touch on the same account, that's where you can start running into overhead very quickly. And if you take a lot of photos and so on. But again, a lot of this comes back to caveat mTOR. You have to be an educated consumer. And as much as we we like to um, laud Apple for being more user-friendly than perhaps some of the competition, and that's certainly true true. Apple is still a company that's in business to make money, and uh, iCloud is one way that it's found that it can make money. So uh, faulting Apple for figuring out how to make money at iCloud, I think, is foolish and uh, is, is, like I said, spurious as far as a lawsuit is concerned. Now, I'll show you how wealthy Peter Cohen is. It's $3.99 a month for 200 gigabytes. That's right. Extra storage. That's now, right. I, my uh, paychecks from Apple, my kickbacks from Apple for uh, promoting their products are, are all I need to pay for that. Well, you see here, the way you save money is if you don't subscribe to Tech Night Out Plus, which is $5 a month. But if you do, it's plus, P-L-U-S dot technightout.com. Five bucks a month, you get the ad-free version of this radio show at a higher resolution. Now, Apple isn't the cheapest with cloud storage, but that's pretty good. $3.99 a month. If you want a terabyte, it's $19.99 a month. You get a better deal with Microsoft, though. For $10 a month, you get five licenses for Office on a Mac or PC or a tablet and or a tablet, includes both, and a terabyte of storage for each user. $10 a month from Microsoft. 
Apple has never been terrific on the value proposition side for its cloud services. Let me say that right up front. You know, I don't think that Apple, I, I don't think that iCloud is, is a very good value when you compare it to the competition. But it's a necessary evil if you are bought into um, the, the Apple ecosystem. You use Apple devices and you rely on their cloud services in order to communicate. And it's easier to do that, to integrate your devices with iCloud, your Apple devices with iCloud, uh, than it is to do it with with uh, OneDrive for Microsoft or to do it with Dropbox or to do it with uh, Google's cloud services. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's the home field advantage that Apple has, it, for better or for worse. For better or for worse. This is the Tech Night Out Live. I'm Gene Steinberg. He's Peter Cohen. He hangs out at imore.com. More to come in a moment. Headlines. Suspensions, FCC investigations. That's man cow for you. Hear him here. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. The knowledge of the ancients, tried and true, trusted herbs and extracts fused with the latest nutraceutical science. Introducing the all-new Ancient Defense Herbal Immunity Blend, crafted with over 14 key ancient herbs and extracts to supercharge and prepare your body for what experts admit is the most dangerous season of the year. We have rejected hundreds of other formulations in our quest to bring you what is simply the most powerful and comprehensive proprietary formula that we have ever created in the realm of herbal immunity. For the last two years, our team has been working with top doctors, nutritionists, and chemists to develop the ultimate nutraceutical formulation. Experience the benefits of combining over 14 ancient herbs and extracts with exciting new advances in nutraceutical science. Now is the time to secure ancient defense for you and your family. Visit ancientdefense.com or call 888-253-3139. That's ancientdefense.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your 
major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MYTV. 1-855-905-MYTV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MYTV. 1-855-905-MYTV. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products, most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Peter Cohen joining us for the first show of the year. And Happy New Year! Sitting side by side virtually at different times and different time zones with our friend Josh Centers. So we're really having a fascinating session here talking about that crazy lawsuit about Apple being engaged in a secret plot to get you to buy iCloud storage space at $11.88 per year by shortchanging you on space on your iPhone or iPad. Now, there's a survey, and there have been several surveys coming out about how many people really want to buy an iWatch. So we have yet another survey from a place called Quartz.com, which is, is using SurveyMonkey to get this poll. Let me give it to you here. These are the results of iPhone owners. How likely are you to buy an Apple Watch in the next 12 months? 2.2% say extremely likely. 3.2% say very likely. So therefore, it's like 5.4% being reasonably likely to get one. Somewhat likely, 14.3%. Not so likely, 18.9%. Not at all likely, 61.4%. All right. And I guess part of the issue here is that maybe it's too expensive. You looked at a second survey here showing the ideal prices. As soon as it's less than $200, 60.1% would say that's the most they'd spend for one. Apple starts that product at 349 so maybe that's a factor? Well, first of all, I would posit that SurveyMonkey is not at all a scientific way to conduct a survey. You think? So I, I, would, I would question the veracity of the data that we are looking at altogether. Secondly, it's a product that doesn't uh, exist in the world yet. So the, the people who are responding to the survey are, first of all, a very self-selecting group. You know, they're people who actually know what the Apple Watch is. 
ostensibly. Thirdly, this is before Apple has spent a dime to market the product, before a single review has been posted of the product, before anything is really fundamentally known about the product other than it's been announced. So personally, I think that this information is complete garbage. Speaking of garbage surveys, there was one that was publicized in a lot of places about the claim that Samsung had a higher customer satisfaction rating than Apple. And this was really given a lot of publicity. And if you look at the figures, supposedly Apple's satisfaction rating went down like two points or something. And there are two factors here that one has to consider. Number one is normal surveys have a margin of error for several points, plus or minus. So the difference is within the margin of error. Second, the survey was taken last May, four months before the iPhone 6 came out. But that wasn't mentioned. Indeed. Indeed. It's a case of cherry picking data to make Apple seem, you know, worse than it is. And, you know, obviously Samsung trumping Apple in any kind of customer service or uh, consumer satisfaction survey is bound to elicit headlines and lots of link backs. And that's what it's all about these days is getting the clickbait title, you know, to get people to link to you and, and to, uh, to click on the story. So that's a much juicier headline than a five-month-old survey or six-month-old survey. Uh, no, actually, sorry, seven-month-old survey shows out-of-date data. So it's like the song, if I link to you, will you link to me? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, more stuff here, more wackiness. I was looking over some stories about Samsung beating Apple. And this starts back in 2011, where the one publication had 10 reasons why iPhone 5 will be beaten by Samsung. Then three ways Samsung Galaxy S6, which is not released yet, by the way, is going to crush Apple. Why Apple is losing ground to the Samsung brand, which comes from Forbes magazine in January of last year. The real reason Samsung is beating Apple from April 2013. Now understand, in no quarter has Samsung sold more of any single model than Apple has of an iPhone. And in fact, Samsung had a dreadful 2014 by all objective measures, you know, with sales below projections on its smartphone lines. Exactly. It's, it's wishful thinking from, you know, tech journalists and, and others, pundits, you know, tech pundits, and uh, even some institutional investors who um, are trying to make hay where none exists. And what's interesting here is the fact that they publish these articles. They're called out on the carpet by a lot of us. Certainly the people who are most active, like Macalope from Macworld Magazine, Daniel Aaron Dilger of Apple Insider. I do it. Peter does it. A lot of us correct these mistakes. And it's kind of like finding four Pinocchios in a political comment by the Washington Post. They give someone a four Pinocchios rating or a PolitiFact has a pants on fire rating. Same as in the political world, when these pundits are found to be wrong consistently, year after year, month after month, they never apologize. No, they never do, because they can get away with it over and over again. It's sad, but it's the way of the world, I guess. Right. Never admit your mistakes. No, absolutely. That's the biggest mistake you can make if you want to keep your credibility. Never apologize for anything. And the bigger issue there, which is, I guess, just as important here, is that one journalist sees the lie published and they think there's some credibility to it. My heavens, Forbes magazine. And they repeat it. They quote without comment. And it just gets spread on and on. 
Well, consider the source. Forbes has become the biggest purveyor of anti-Apple garbage out there. You know, and the reason why is because Forbes doesn't actually do any journalistic work anymore. You know, with precious exceptions, a lot of the Forbes quote-unquote contributors are uh, people with a very strong self-interest to trash Apple. So what is the self-interest? To cater to advertisers who are not Apple? Well, you know, to generate publicity for themselves, you know, these people are by and large not tech journalists. They're not employed as journalists. They're, uh, they've got other businesses on the side and they're trying to drum up some sort of visibility for, uh, for themselves. And, you know, being a Forbes quote unquote contributor is a very easy, relatively high profile way to do that, especially when you can get linked to from other sources. The Forbes name used to carry cachet, but it should not anymore. The Forbes name has been dragged through the garbage over the past few years. We're not going to talk about the political comments from Malcolm Forbes. No, not at all. I'm not talking about Malcolm Forbes at all. I'm talking about the brand itself. Sure. Business Insider is like that. Same thing. Yeah, Henry Blodgett over at Business Insider has made a career out of uh, trashing Apple at every opportunity and writing just things that are plain wrong about Apple. But, you know, again, never apologize and never admit when you're wrong. More interesting is when they repeat the lies over and over again, year after year, even though it's shown to be disproven, even in the face of where Apple is actually doing something really, really good and having really superb financial results. It's always going to be the negative. Speaking of negatives, let's look well, at the negative. Wait a minute. What's the, what's the Joseph Goebbels uh, quote? If you repeat a lie often enough, it becomes the truth. Okay. There is a Nazi connection to that, folks. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We're not saying Business Insider is run by Nazis, just people. No, just people who espouse their philosophy. That's all. And they espouse a philosophy even when it's proven to be totally wrong. And I won't get into supply side economics. Let's go to some other issues here. So another survey, boy, we've got surveys here showing that tablet activations for the holiday quarter were down over the previous year, whereas phablet activations were much, much higher. So are we expecting then to see evidence of a slowdown in iPad sales that quarter? Well, I wouldn't be surprised. We've been seeing a slowdown in iPad sales, a protracted slowdown in iPad sales for quite a while. The difference is that, uh, you know, Apple was able to make up for it, I think, uh, partly be through uh, sales of the iPhone 6 Plus, which is very, very popular. I mean, almost everywhere I turn now, if I see somebody with a phablet, they've got an iPhone 6 Plus, you know, compared to, let's say, a Galaxy Note 4 or uh, some other large, uh, large format uh, cell phone. So, um, Tim Cook has said in the past, when it comes to um, uh, iPad sales, when iPad sales were sort of cresting and uh, it it appeared that uh, iPads may uh, have been impacting uh, Mac sales, uh, Tim Cook has said in the past that he didn't mind. You know, the cannibalization, as long as they were buying Apple products, is fine. And I'm sure that Apple senior management feels the same way about iPad sales versus iPhone 6 Plus sales. As long as iPhone 6 Plus sales are strong and certainly stronger than the competition, they're not going to mind if iPad sales are waning. But iPad sales have been waning for a while. You know, there's a lot of uh, irrational exuberance, if you'll uh, pardon the, the the phrase, about the future of tablet sales based on Apple's iPad sales. But, you know, it's proven over and over again, it, um, at least in some cases, uh, people don't buy iPads the same way that they buy phones. You know, people are used to replacing their phones every year um, or every two years, as soon as their contract is up, as soon as they can get a new cheap subsidized device. In our next segment, we'll talk about 
what appears to be the replacement rate for the iPad, which is largely different with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You buy a new smartphone every year, every two years, regular upgrade cycle. Apple certainly is benefiting with incredible iPhone sales and profits and everything. iPads, though, obviously live by a different upgrade cycle. Peter Cohen, what do we know so far? Well, we know specifically uh, as far as the holiday season is concerned, and that's what we were talking about during our last segment. Full-size tablets, um, about 11% of activated devices, devices that were activated over the holiday season, are full-size tablets. And that's down year over year, 17% last year, 11% this year. Um, 13% of new devices were, quote-unquote, phablets. Those are devices including the iPhone 6. We also know that uh, more than half of the devices activated during the week of Christmas itself were made by Apple. 
Uh, 51% of those devices uh, were were activated, were manufactured by Apple. Samsung was way behind in second place with 18%. And Nokia dropped off to uh, 6%, I think, in third place. So Apple is still dominating uh, this past quarter in terms of new device activations. As far as phablets are concerned versus tablets, tablets don't have the same refresh rate that phablets do because tablets aren't cell phones. They're independent computers. People don't replace their tablets, their iPads or their Kindles or um, their Google tablets, their Android tablets, nearly as frequently as they do their phones because they don't use them in the same way. They will get as many years out of them as they can. Just anecdotally speaking, I've got a third-generation iPad, the first um, Retina Display iPad, which was only available for about six months in 2011. I'm still using it. You know, I haven't replaced it with an iPad Air 2 or an iPad Mini 3 yet because... It still works for me. It still does what I need it to do. When it's no longer functional, when it's no longer capable of taking new operating system software or doing the things that I need to do with it, I'll replace it. But I'm in no hurry to replace it. Compare that to my iPhone. I've got an iPhone 6. You know, I I upgrade those as quickly as I can because I need, for my job, I admit that I need the latest in iPhone technology, but I also want the latest in iPhone technology because, you know, it's, it's something that is in my pocket every day. My sister-in-law has a third-generation iPad, and we have a review sample of the iPad Air 2. So I've had a chance to compare the two side-by-side. And undeniably, the iPad Air 2 is faster subjectively, certainly with the zooming effects in iOS 7 and iOS 8. Certainly it's thinner. Certainly it's lighter. But the difference in terms of just general usability otherwise is not so significant as to say, I have the third generation iPad, I've got to upgrade it. Yeah, I think some of the changes in in this generation iPad are esoteric enough that it makes it kind of a tough sell for some people. I mean, Touch ID is great. Um, Touch ID is something that I wanted to see from the original iPad Air. But Touch ID is something that you can live without when it comes right down to it. Apple Pay is is terrific as well, you know, in terms of being able to pay for stuff on websites. It's not like you can walk into a store and use your iPad Air 2 with Apple Pay like you can with the iPhone 6 or iPhone 6 Plus, but it's still there. But, you know, 20% faster processor speed on the A8 and uh, uh, some of the other enhancements uh, under the hood of the iPad Air. Not really that big a deal. You know, the one thing that Apple has done to kind of sweeten the pot was to double the amount of available storage in the mid-range model without changing the price. So you can get 64 gigs of storage for what you used to pay for 32. And I think that that's a good thing. I think that the 16 gig model is strictly there to upsell people to the 64. I don't think the 16 gig model is uh, is worth it for a lot of people who are going to be doing a lot with their iPads. But it's a gradual evolution. And it's the sort of thing where... You know, people will buy new iPads as they find new reasons to, but Apple's definitely got to improve its uh, feature set with each successive generation to kind of convince people, um, especially people who are using older devices like like me, uh, that it's worth the money to upgrade. I'd like to see side-by-side multitasking, which may take a more powerful processor. And that's, I think, one of the key missing features of the iPad if you want to use it for productivity. I mean, I take a look at that thing and I say... What could I do with that iPad that I also do on my Mac now? And can I do it almost as flexibly? And I can't. Yes, I've tried accessory keyboards. I have one here now, an ultra-thin keyboard from Logitech. And the Logitech makes some pretty decent input devices. They make the Harmony remotes, which are pretty good. But the keyboard didn't knock me out. I still can't see 
this iPad for productivity? You know, when I got an iPad in 2010, I tried desperately to kind of develop a productivity workflow that made sense for me because I wanted to use that iPad instead of using my um, my clunky MacBook that I had at the time. And I tried keyboards and I tried different cases and I tried all sorts of things. And I understand that there's a very viable niche for people who want to hook up their iPad to a keyboard. But, you know, fundamentally, it's still a touch device. Fundamentally, doing things on the iPad, some things anyway, are much more difficult than doing them on a MacBook. Uh, you know, copying and pasting uh, content from one application or one screen to another, one one document to another, much more difficult and arduous to do on an iPad than it is to do um, on a Mac. You know, and, and my my epiphany was going to Mac, Macworld Expo um, that, that following um, January or whenever it was, walking into the press area and seeing a whole bunch of my colleagues using MacBook Airs, uh, 11-inch MacBook Airs, and going, that's what I should have gotten. I went home and I ordered one uh, almost right away. It just all of a sudden made sense to me that this was the machine that I should have had instead of the iPad. You know, I sell these things on the weekends. I, I work at an Apple retailer um, near where I live, and I don't try to talk our customers who come in thinking about keyboards and other accessories for their iPads out of it. But I do try to qualify what they're trying to do very carefully because um, it's very easy to get very frustrated with that because the device just does not work in the same way that people are accustomed to a computer working when it comes to the things that I sort of, that I just described. So you know, I, I'm not sold on the iPad as an overall productivity tool. It doesn't work. I don't even think it works as gracefully as, say, a Surface Pro 3 does uh, when it comes to the productivity stuff. I think that that's an area that Apple should really work on for um, for iOS 9 if it's not already. Um, well, there had been rumors that iOS 8 would have side-by-side multitasking. Later, that it had been deferred to a future version of iOS 8. Now, maybe not till iOS 9. Now, the thing I worry about here is the fact that you could take one of the Mac classics from, what, 1989, which has a smaller screen, by the way, than the full-size iPad, and you can do multitasking there with MultiFinder. So you think Apple has enough resources in an A8X processor to make it happen on the iPad Air 2. Well, I'm sure that it does, but the question is whether or not the overall user interface and, you know, for example, you've been able to do, um, you've been able to have multiple user accounts on Macs for many years. That's something you still can't do on an an iPad. Is it because the iPad's fundamentally incapable of doing it? No, I don't think so. It's just because Apple really hasn't tailored the operating system to do that yet. So we need to separate the functionality of the device from the design of the operating system. Well, is that where Apple takes the next direction? Is that one of the key factors here? Let's look at it. That maybe is slowing iPad sales, that people can use them perfectly fine to watch videos and to play some games and things like that, consumption. But even though there are some really credible apps for productivity, they're limited by the way the iPad is set up. I'm thinking especially with Office for iPad, because you can do quite a few things, quite a few of the capabilities that are meaningful of the desktop versions of Office, but you're very much limited by the way Apple has organized the file system 
and it's multitasking for iPad. Well, let's face it, Apple's uh, kind of taken the stops out of the, uh, the operating system uh, in terms of or the file system specifically when it comes to iCloud Drive. You know, iCloud Drive has really changed things. Now, iCloud Drive is very much a work in progress. It's something that was introduced with iOS 8. Um, it's uh, something that's that's built into Yosemite as well. But it's still something that we're still trying to work the kinks out of and get everything in place for. But it is a very promising way of making sure that your iPad can 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 access file that you can access individual files on your iPad without having them siloed specifically to the apps that are being used. We have Peter Cohen joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. 
Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So let's get back to the limitations of the file system for iPad. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. We've got Peter Cohen here. Reminder, plus.technightowl.com is the place to go. P-L-U-S dot com to subscribe to our Tech Night Out Plus service. Get an ad-free version, higher resolution version of the show for just five bucks a month, $50 a year. Okay, Peter, so the second part here, of course, is that the iCloud drive is being therefore used as the file system for the iPad? Yeah, the de facto uh, file system. It's not the same as having a completely exposed file system like you do on a Mac or on a Windows PC, but it gets you the functionality that you need without actually exposing the raw file system, which you can't do on an iPad unless you jailbreak it. You know, the iCloud drive enables you to do things like share files in between applications gives you a place to store your applications in a way that you can access them, not only from your iPad, but also from your Macintosh or from another um, iCloud-connected device. So it is definitely a key element of that functionality. You know, Apple has this knack for listening to users, listening to what users are describing as their needs, and not necessarily providing what they're asking for, which in this case was, I want you know, an independent file system. But that functionality without sacrificing Apple's own security requirements or limitations to keep the data on your device secure. Okay, so the choice one has when they go out is to take their notebook computer, like a MacBook Air or a MacBook Pro or a MacBook Pro with Retina display, or take the iPad and maybe an accessory keyboard. But what does Apple have to do to sum it up to make the iPad more of the device that you take with you instead of the MacBook Air, or can they do it? It's not just, of course, the keyboard. It's making the multitasking more useful, side-by-side multitasking, that sort of thing. Maybe doing more with the file system. If, If you're on the road and you don't want to use all the bandwidth because you have a cellular connection, do you really want to have to depend on iCloud for it? 
Well, I think you've just articulated, uh, to, to answer your question, I think you articulated in asking the question a few of the important things that I think um, that App, I would like to see Apple do to improve the usability of the iPad for productivity. Well, one thing is make it more independent of having to actually touch the screen. You know, if I buy a keyboard accessory or if I use a keyboard uh, with it, I'd like to keep my fingers on the keyboard instead of having to break that plane and continue to touch the screen in order to do things like copy and paste text. Improve Multitasking, I think, is key. You know, other usability tweaks along the same level, I think, would be really important. The question is whether or not Apple even feels like that's an important uh, thing for the iPad to do. You know, the, the fact of the matter is the MacBook does all this and more. So whether you get a MacBook Air, a MacBook Pro, or an iMac, Mac Mini, Mac Pro, whatever Mac device you get, you've got this multifunctional device that's a general purpose computer, which has this fantastically uh, easy-to-use operating system that is enormous enormously flexible. Um, and uh, maybe that's enough. You know, maybe it's enough to push people to buy an $899 laptop instead of a $500 tablet if that's the sort of stuff that they want to do. Maybe that's a good dividing line uh, between the iPad and the MacBook Air. I'm not really sure what's in Apple's head as far as uh, uh, the future of the iPad is concerned. But, you know, if we are going to see the iPad improve as a productivity device, I think that Apple could actually uh, take a couple of, of lessons from what Microsoft is doing with the Surface, uh, the Surface uh, Pro 3 because that is a device that is aimed squarely at people who are interested in productivity, who want the flexibility of a tablet with the functionality of a laptop. Um, and they may be doing a little bit more in that respect than Apple has been doing with the iPad. But the problem always has been with these convertible devices is that when you start mixing a keyboard with having to reach up to the screen, back and forth. That's very uncomfortable. It's either one or the other. So you should definitely, if you choose to use a keyboard, be able to do most of your navigation on that keyboard and only have to use the touch screen rarely. I completely agree with that, Gene. It's what I call breaking the plane. When you have to take your hands off of, you know, when you're using your MacBook, let, let's let's think about this for a moment. When you're using a, your MacBook, you never have to touch the screen for anything. In fact, touching the screen doesn't do anything. You keep your fingers on the keyboard, and when you want to move the cursor, you just simply adjust your your um, uh, your finger to move a trackpad, which moves the cursor on the screen. That keeps your hands at the same on the same horizontal plane. Um, and it, it's just a, it's a nice usability feature. When you start doing these mixed tablet or mixed use devices, these tablets with keyboards, you end up having to take your finger off the off the keyboard and reach the screen to do something. And it's just it's a conceptual difference. It's a user interface change that I don't like, that I'm not comfortable with, and uh, can't be convinced to like when I've tried to use them. So for me, it's just you know it's it's something I can't overcome. Yes, it's the toaster oven again and the refrigerator. Yes, the refrigerator toaster. That's the whole thing. That's the thing that I think is where Microsoft fails, even though they've done good things with the Surface Pro. But if you're looking at a Surface Pro, a MacBook Air is cheaper. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, the MacBook Air is $899, and that's why you see the Surface Pro uh, advertised against the MacBook Air by Microsoft. You know, Microsoft feels like it's got a, a legitimate case to make uh, against the uh, the MacBook Air. So uh, more power to them, I guess. I, I don't know how their uh, advertising has been doing, but I don't see any shortage in MacBook Air sales. So I don't think that we've been losing a lot of sales to that. And we have to look at this argument, too. 
here about people when they come time to upgrade their Macs, whether they want to go to an iPad or not. My son Grayson has this dilemma right now. He has a 2008 black MacBook that he got as a graduation present. How time flies when he's having fun. So now he's 28 years old. He's on his own. He lives in Madrid, Spain. And on that MacBook, he's had everything replaced at least once, sometimes twice. We had two extensions to the Apple Care coverage because so many things had to be fixed on it. But some time or other, it's going to be necessary to get a new one. So he has to make that decision. And he's saying, you know, maybe I should just get an iPad. And I pointed out to him, Grayson, you do a lot of writing. Do you really want to depend on a touchscreen or on an accessory keyboard? Is that what you want just to save a few hundred dollars? And what was his response? I don't think he's decided fully yet. I think it's a very important issue for a lot of people to consider, and I don't think that enough people uh, give it consideration, because I know that, at least in my own case, and again, I admit that this is anecdotal, I'm not talking about any kind of scientific survey, but just in my own experience selling these things on the weekends, I will get customers who buy iPads thinking that they're going to replace a laptop. They come in, and they're typically switching from the PC. Oh, I've had enough of viruses, I've had enough malware, I can't stand Windows anymore, I'm going to get an iPad, I'm going to put all that behind me. Okay. Well, the iPad doesn't work just like your laptop did, but, you know, if it's what you want, then great, you know, sell them the, the, the iPad, and then they're back in the store two weeks later going, I can't do this, I can't do that. Doing this is much more difficult. They're just not accustomed to the user experience that they get when they get a tablet. So it's an important consideration. Having said that, I know a lot of people who do long-form writing on the iPad. My daughter is an artist, and she does a lot of artwork on the iPad, uses it almost exclusively, and she does a really brilliant job at what she's drawing because she's accustomed to the interface and can use it as a content creation device. We have Peter Cohen joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com we all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231. And the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial just like the one you're listening to right now no other network provides the level of customer service we do when it comes to radio advertising we are your one-stop shop and no matter how big or small your business is we can help email us and advertise at gcnlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website advertise at gcnlive.com easy affordable effective What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So as Peter Cohen said, his daughter does artwork on an iPad. And she's able to do all sorts of creative work. And I think for drawing and illustrations, Peter Cohen, an iPad probably does a pretty good job. I think when it comes to writing and stuff like that, not so. I wonder about editing these audio files. Right now, I edit these audio files on my Mac using a program called Sound Studio, but also doing some work in Amadeus Pro. And there are a number of really credible audio apps. now. With the iPad, I can't think of a way to really make my workflow as smooth. I can do a 10-minute segment of the show in 15, 16 minutes, a touch-up before it goes to the network. I have tried to figure out whether I could do anything near that with an iPad, and you know what? I don't think so. 
You know, it's interesting. Apple certainly hasn't graced the iPad with the same level of professional um, uh, content creation products that it has on the Mac side. You know, there's GarageBand, for example, which comes on the iPad, but there's no version of Logic for the iPad. There is uh, uh, Final Cut Pro for the Mac, but you only get iMovie. Uh, with the iPad. And, uh, you know, there, I think there's a general assumption from Apple that if you want to do serious content creation, you're going to do it on the Mac for everybody else, you know, there. And but that's not to say that there haven't been lots of third party applications uh, that have tried to fill the gap there. And there certainly are a lot of credible third party production tools for content creators, whether they're artists or um, audio engineers or musicians. And there are a lot of text editors. There are text editors aimed at people people who write their text editors aimed at people who code all that for the iPad but fundamentally you know the iPad is from Apple a touch device um, and I for one am not as comfortable typing on a flat glass screen as I am using a keyboard and that's why I do most of my text input with a keyboard your mileage may vary you know I've sat next to journalists at Apple events who have uh, live blogged uh, the entire event and written up uh, whatever co blog coverage that they're going to do on their iPad on their iPad screen more power to them it's just not a workflow that I can get around I'm kind of in the same boat that you are uh, Gene but different strokes for different folks I'm not going to say that my way is right and your way is wrong it's just not a way that I'm particularly comfortable working but I wonder how that impacts sales, whether that is a sticking point with some people. It's not just the people who bought the iPad and maybe keep it longer than anyone expected. It is, should I buy another iPad? Should I buy a Mac next time? Should I buy an iPhone 6 Plus? What should I do? And is Apple making the case? Now, remember, this is another fact we haven't gotten into yet. Apple made this deal with IBM and it involves creating custom software and marketing primarily the iPhone and the iPad. So is Apple hoping that iPad penetration in the enterprise will overcome a possible deficiency in iPad adoption among consumers? Well, iPad adoption among consumers um, has definitely tapered off. That's why we've seen this, the drop in sales that we have. But iPad penetration in enterprise is fantastic. And Apple's trying to uh, buoy that through its relationship with IBM, which is already yielding some fruit. And I'm, I'm certain that Apple is going to continue to see incremental uh, sales from that well into the future. What about the rumors of a 12-inch iPad, an iPad Pro or whatever the heck it is? I, for one, am very interested in that as a content creation device. You know, we've been talking about artists. We've been talking about musicians. I think there's certainly a case for them to be made for a 12-inch iPad or a larger format iPad. Uh, something to replace like a Wacom um, Cintiq tablet on the desktop. Especially as iOS 8 and Yosemite has really kind of blurred the line on what you can do on the Mac versus what you can do on an iOS device. If Apple continues that, that trend with iOS 9 and with whatever comes after Yosemite, I think the sky's the limit as far as the larger format iPad is concerned. Well, let's see how that turns out. But the critics now are going to look at the sales in January of the iPad. And if it's less, as it appears to be, and of course, we're just assuming things, we're assuming facts with very little evidence, they're going to complain quite a bit. Let's look at 2015 and the product that was mentioned by rumor sites, but by nobody else. And what is that? That, of course, is the one, the only Apple TV. And I have an Apple TV where the remote has flaked out. Well, you can always get a new remote. Yeah, it's $19. I know or you that. can download the remote app from uh, the App Store and use your iPhone. Either that or I use my Logitech Harmony. 
That's not the point. The point is here is that it's just one of the things that broke this week. (laughs) I mean, I had, they say everything comes in threes. So I had a problem also with my desk phone, which is a combination wired handset and portaphone, two-line system. And one of our portaphones went bad this week. So that went bad. For a while, we thought the car had a problem, which was weird when, and this is common for you, but not here in Arizona, the temperature go down to lower than 40 degrees, like 35. The first time you turn the engine on, you kick the engine on, you stick the foot on the brake, and you put the car in gear, it doesn't go. You have to stop the engine, start it again, and then it works. So the dealer is trying to figure that out because it only happens when the car has been out at night and the, the ambient temperature is below 35 or 40 degrees. Right, okay. So things happening in threes. And the other one, of course, I bought a present for my wife, Barbara. pair of shoes. They ship not just the wrong shoes, but the wrong size. Oh, lovely. So, you know, she's a little girl. She wears a size six. They send her a size eight. She wears heels. They send her flats. All this happened in a week. Well, sounds like a lousy week. Right. But this will be a new week by the time the show is aired. There we go. All right. Apple TV. Let's get back to Apple TV a little bit more here. So what direction is Apple going to take? This is the big argument. Some people were saying Apple wants to make a TV set. But even if they chose to make a TV set, they can still make an Apple TV for everybody else who doesn't want to buy a TV set. Well, you know, we've talked about this before, Gene. I don't see why Apple would make a TV. There's no money to be made in televisions. They're commodity items. You know, they're getting the the manufacturing of them is getting cheaper and cheaper. China dominates um, the actual set production, and there's very little margin to be made in it. And low margin products are not Apple's specialty. So, I just don't understand why um, Gene Munster and his ilk are so fascinated with the idea of Apple actually building a television. Um, certainly, we are due for a new Apple TV. We haven't seen a uh, uh, a fresh redesign to Apple's uh, Apple TV peripheral. Uh, in quite some time now. And uh, I think that 2015 is going to be a big year for it. From everything that I've heard, the sticking point isn't with Apple. Apple hasn't had any problems developing new Apple or new technology to put in the Apple TV. It's with content. And it's with getting the um, content providers on the same page with Apple in terms of contracts, in terms of uh, uh, making their stuff available to make it uh, viable for Apple to release a new Apple TV. Now, we're see- starting to see some cracks in the armor there. Um, HBO, for example, has announced that uh, it will be offering its own um, programming a la carte away from cable uh, television uh, subscriptions or uh, satellite TV subscriptions uh, beginning in 2015. And I think a couple of other content providers have also jumped on board. The more we see that, the more viable I think it is. Because people who buy the Apple TV, people who are really interested in the Apple TV are interested in cutting the cord from their cable company. They may only have a couple of channels that they watch with any regularity, um, or they may only be interested in getting content from a couple of uh, uh, different content providers. But what they're really interested in doing is lowering that cable bill. And when you're dropping 200 bucks a month on cable, as many people are, can understand why. You know, that's a lot to be paying, especially if you're subsidizing five uh, different channels of ESPN and 40 different golf channels that you don't care about. Now, you know what some of the cable companies have done? They come up with kind of a budget package where they give you a subset 
of channels that a lot of people like to have, probably mostly the basic and slightly enhanced cable. They add HBO, a decent-sized internet package for broadband, and they put it together for a price that's a lot less than the traditional $200 cable deal. Now, that's a way, I guess, to try to reduce the number of cord cutters. We'll get into more of this in a moment with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to A2Hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code Gene when you check out. Alex Jones here. For the last two years, I've been working with top doctors, nutritionists, and chemists to design a nutraceutical formulation that has truly life-changing health benefits. So many other formulations out there contain toxic ingredients, synthetic additives, and even GMOs. Introducing the all-new Ancient Defense Herbal Immunity Blend, crafted with over 14 key ancient herbs and extracts to supercharge and prepare your body for what experts admit is the most dangerous season of the year. We have rejected hundreds of other formulations in our quest to bring you what is simply the most powerful and comprehensive proprietary formula that we have ever created in the realm of herbal immunity. Experience the benefits of combining over 14 ancient herbs and extracts with exciting new advances in nutraceutical science. Now is the time to secure ancient defense for you and your family. Visit InfoWarsLife.com or call 1-888-253-3139. That's InfoWarsLife.com. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. 
Time waits for no one. That's why you should hurry to not miss the Freeze Dry Guy's end of year case lot sale. Go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663 to receive 20 to 25% off Mountain House Freeze Dry Foods. Mountain House, the gold standard in long-term storage products, include real freeze-dried meats, entrees, eggs, fruits, and vegetables. Yes, 20 to 25% off now. Also receive 30% off other selected Mountain House foods and receive 30% off selected Packaway brand dehydrated foods. Just call 866-404-3663 and ask for the freeze-dry guy. Plus, long-range patrol ration eggs and ham at superb discounts. But these are extremely hard to find and nearly gone, so call today. Ask about our LRP ice cream bars, too. Some items limited to stock on hand. And remember, the freeze-dry guy pays for shipping to your door within the lower 48 states. Order now. Don't miss out on the freeze-dry guy's end-of-year case lot sale. Call 866-404-3663 or visit freezedryguy.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Back with the final segment with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. We're talking about Apple TV, the possibility of what Apple is going to do. Now, one thing that can happen, even before we get to cord cutting, is for the cable providers to give the content and Apple to be like TiVo, where they give you the DVR capability and the front end, plus whatever their own content is. Yeah, that's true. And I think that one of the key features of Apple TV all along and one of Apple's core strength is that the Apple TV integrates very well with other Apple products. If you have a recent make of a Macintosh or if you've got an iPad and an iPhone and it's running a fairly current version of the operating system of, the, of iOS, then you get the benefit of being able to stream content from those devices onto your Apple TV too, which turns the Apple TV not just into a video viewing device, but an extension of your home entertainment system. You know, if you've got a decent decent set of speakers hooked up to your television, then you can have uh, a very nice uh, AirPlay-based sound system, for example, using uh, uh, iTunes or using other applications. And th- there's a lot of benefit to that if you're an Apple TV customer. So that, I think, has been Apple's strength uh, for a very long time with the Apple TV. Although, you know, other products like the Amazon Fire TV have uh, really come up from behind and have offered Apple a lot stronger competition than it's had in the past. You know, for a long time, it was just Apple versus Roku, and Roku was always kind of a niche product. I don't think that that's the case anymore. I think that uh, uh, Apple in 2015 is really going to have to fight for relevance to have the Apple TV be the dominant way that people can, quote-unquote, cut the cord from their cable company. And Roku apparently is also outselling the Apple TV. Also, lots of people are buying the Google Chromecast. Now, the Chromecast is such a simple device that's far more complicated to use, but people who are looking for price will do it. But I think most of the people who buy these boxes really want Netflix. Of course, Netflix is already available on Apple TV, Roku, whatever device you have. You can get Netflix, and that's why they buy it. But it's also available on a lot of these new connected TV sets. They offer the Netflix. They offer Amazon Instant Video. They offer Hulu Plus. 
They offer all these extra services. So is that one thing that's going to also impact the market, that the TV makers are already in the act? Why do you need a separate box when you can do it on your TV set? Maybe the interface isn't quite as pretty, but it's usable. No question, but that's the, you know, Apple's secret sauce. Apple's got to figure out a way to make the Apple TV uh, a more attractive option than these other choices because relying on external content, relying on content from Netflix, relying on content from Hulu or Crackle or Crunchyroll or any of the other services you can get through the Apple TV, Apple doesn't have any exclusive arrangements with those other service providers. That's stuff that you can get by and large through other boxes. And in the case of, of the, a box like the Roku, you can get a lot more besides. So Apple's got to make the option to get the Apple TV even more attractive by building in more unique capabilities to it than the other guys have and stuff that people who have iOS and Mac devices actually want. Now, here's a big problem you see with Roku. It has over 1,200 channels. And the problem with any of those things is you start adding all these channels and you get a very complicated interface to deal with because you've got to manage not just one set of content but a dozen, 50, 1,200. And maybe that's where Apple can put their expertise into the game, which is how to integrate the content you want without having to deal with so many different channels. Well, and that's part of the problem. It's what what I think some academicians have referred to as the tyranny or the paradox of choice. The more choices you have, the more uh, paralyzed you can be by them. You know, it reminds me of that Robin Williams movie from 1984, Moscow on the Hudson, when uh, he plays a, uh, a Russian circus clown, I think, who defects to America during the height of the Cold War. And at one point, he's in the grocery store. He's been told by his uh, the family who's taking care of him in the United States to go buy coffee. And he goes down the coffee aisle expecting just to see coffee and sees all these different brands and promptly has a panic attack and passes out. You know, it's the same kind of story when you're faced with dozens or hundreds of different choices for entertainment. You can't necessarily choose. And I think that that is part of the problem anyway that people have with cable television. I know speaking from my own experience, that's the problem that I have is that I know that money that I'm paying for cable is at least a significant portion of it, besides lining Comcast's pockets, is paying subsidization fees for programming that I don't care about. I never watch ESPN. I couldn't care less about golf. I don't watch any of the channels in different languages because English is the only language I speak with any fluency. So why should I be forced to pay whatever I pay, whether it's $5 or $47 or more, uh, to subsidize that programming that I don't watch? That's why I want a la carte programming. And I think that's why many people want a la carte programming, because when it comes right down to it, maybe there are only seven or eight channels that you watch with any frequency, and you just don't care about the rest. So that's why I'm saying that whatever Apple does with the Apple TV, has to reflect some unique capability for Apple users that isn't going to be available on every other smart television and every other box that I can plug into an HDMI port on my TV. And that's really, you know, the secret sauce that Apple can do better than anyone else, as far as I'm concerned. One of the other issues with a la carte versus bumbling is that the content providers give the licensing to the cable and satellite companies with a bundle. So, for example, Comcast is licensing NBC, which is not just NBC. It's USA Network. It's Clue. It's also Sci-Fi Channel. It's several others. And they say, here's a deal. Now you got to take our 10 channels. So now the cable companies are paying for 10 channels. They have to, therefore, market to you 10 channels. They can't just buy each one with a separate licensing fee 
from Comcast NBC. So it gets to be very complicated. If Apple can sort out that mess, maybe as they've done with so many different things with iOS, abstract the way you get your content, make it easier for you to pick out what you want, regardless of where it comes from, which is, of course, a problem because each company wants to brand their own services. You know, if you want to watch House of Cards, Netflix wants you to know that you're going to Netflix to get that. If you want to get something on Amazon Instant Video that's available exclusively with them, they want you to know. And Apple has no deal with them, of course, but if they did, they want you to know you're getting it from them, just like Hulu Plus. They want to have their branding involved, which is where it makes it difficult to abstract these content providers. At the end of the day, I don't care where the content comes from. I just look for the show, the movie. I want to watch House of Cards. I want to watch NCIS Los Angeles. I want to watch any of these shows. I don't care who gives That's it That's right. Me. It's all about reducing the uh, pain in getting the content you want. That's the big argument. One of the things that Apple may have to find a way to solve. But of course, if you are going to present content from different providers, you have to make these deals. And they all are pretty difficult to deal with. And I'm sure Comcast is one of the worst. You've seen, as I have, these stories of people spending four hours on the phone to either get technical support or just to say, no, take it off, turn it off. It's awful. Peter Cohen, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the great things you do. You can find me at imore.com and on the social things at Flarg, F-L-A-R-G-H. And by the way, we'll have a contest. Those who define what Flarg means will win a prize. Would you like to do that? <laughs> and whatever you guess is right. I like that. Hey, you can find us on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. We're Tech Night Owl on Twitter. And if you want to hear the ad-free version with higher resolution audio of the Tech Night Owl Live, join Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus, P-L-U-S dot Tech Night Owl dot com. That's P-L-U-S plus dot Tech Night Owl dot com. Five dollars a month, about the cost of a Frappuccino, a small Frappuccino from Starbucks. You can give up one a month and join us or $50 a year. We also have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast. And this week we have a fascinating episode where we bring on this professor, Dr. Benjamin Zeller, who has a new book out called Heaven's Gate, America's UFO Religion. That's about this group of people back in the 90s who, thinking they were going to be taken up by the Space Brothers or someone, committed suicide. An interesting social study with Dr. Benjamin Zeller there on the Paracast. You can find our web portal at technightowl.com with episodes going back to 2007 or 2008. Happy New Year, my friend Peter Cohen. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Happy New Year, Gene, and Happy New Year to everybody who's listening. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.